Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. I'm joined once again from his office of the World Health Organization by their special envoy on Dr. COVID, on, on, on COVID-19, Dr. David Nabarro. Dr. Nabarro, good morning once again and good to be good with morning, you. Good morning, good morning. And thank you for your patience. Here it's really tipping it down with snow and uh, in general, uh, things are not working quite so well. Okay. It's a super heavy snowstorm. That's why. Thank you. you. Thank you very much. What, yeah. we, what we know is what we're trying to focus on, Dr. Barra, because this is yeah, all moving so quickly. So we, we yeah. now seem to think Omicron could turn out to be milder, but it is spreading furiously, which could, of course, of course cause huge problems for health services. Like, that's what yeah. we're watching, I think, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, so everybody, the virus that causes COVID-19 has this extraordinary ability to change itself as it is moving through human populations. And that's done through what we call mutations in the virus. And if there are a, a, a particular cluster of mutations that appear, then it's called a variant and COVID-19 is capable of forming new variants. We know several of them. Uh, you all, you've probably heard of Delta, which is a particularly ferocious variant. And now we have Omicron. Omicron is more easily transmitted than the other variants. But the reason why people have been worrying about it quite a lot is that it also seems to have some ability to, to get past the protection that we've all got from vaccination. And once that happens, it does mean that, that things get difficult again. And so that's what everybody's concerned about. And if it's a milder disease, but still spreading more easily, uh, then that could actually be a good thing for humanity. And we're watching to see whether it's going to be a lot milder or whether it's just slightly milder. If it's only slightly milder, then we'll still see quite a lot of trouble for people who are in the older age groups. And that's why a lot of the work will be on what we need to do to continue to protect people in my kind of age range mm. above 70. Over so, to you, Fergal. Some of the early data uh, on Omicron is, is promising. But when can we expect to have the answers we need to make concrete, to, to know for sure uh, what's going on? Like, when will that research be ready? Will it be January, say, Doctor? Yeah, it's a case, really, of getting superb, 
quality information from places where the variant is spreading and then working out how many people are infected by one individual and whether or not those people have been vaccinated, how long ago they were vaccinated, and then tracking to see what happens to them. Uh, the difficulty is that you need to have quite well-organised units to do this work, and um, you need people to have the spare time to do this work. The only point I'd say to everybody listening is that right now, in health services everywhere in the world, people are quite stretched, and... I, I sometimes uh, like to remind folk that we've been at this now for nearly two years, so it'll take a bit longer. And I do think January is a reasonable time to say, Fergal, uh, later this month, there's all sorts of things going to get in the way. So I'd say we should know pretty clearly by January. Till then, we have to actually, I think, uh, exhibit uh, an abundance of precaution mm. and just be continuing to be careful as we go around uh, around our homes seeing our families and the rest not too many close contacts and don't forget those masks yeah and on those masks and a non-filtration do you believe yeah. dr Barrow, we should be using things like the kn95 and should we be putting yes, things I like the hepa it's... filters into schools <laughs> sorry first thing Let's just talk about masks. Uh, most of my colleagues who've been studying these reckon that a simple surgical mask, the kind that your dentist wears when you go to get your teeth done or that the, um, the people in the medical surgery wear if they're doing a procedure on you, they have three layers inside them and provided you pinch the little um, metal strip that's inside the mask, you pinch it over the bridge of your nose so that it's well-fitting. This is reckoned to give a 50% reduction in uh, the risk of transmission uh, when it's properly used. Uh, I'm pretty keen that people uh, use at least the surgical mask. If they want to go to a slightly more sophisticated mask, what's called the N95, that's okay, but I, I'd much rather just say everybody at least use a surgical mask. What this means is two things. One, the cloth masks that we were using at the beginning are probably generally not good enough uh, for, for regular use. And number two, you absolutely should not be wearing a mask stuck under your nose so that you're still breathing out of your nose with no protection. That's not much use. And I, I'm to get, just going to say, if you're wearing a mask, wear it properly. Mm. It makes such a lot of difference. With regards to HEPA filters, should we be looking at putting them into yes. our schools? So in the, in the work that's coming out of, of different groups, there is the following things that really matter. One, wearing a mask so that the, breathe, the air that you breathe out doesn't immediately go in front of somebody else and they breathe it in physical distancing so that you're less likely to breathe the air of others uh, hygiene because sometimes virus can build up on surfaces and also you don't want to cough over people just in case you might be carrying it and then fourthly ventilation and we do believe that improved ventilation in confined spaces is key and that's why 
uh, improving the filtration in ventilation systems may be helpful, plus also picking up where ventilation is not adequate using carbon dioxide monitors. This is something that each country is working out how it wants to do it. But the the fundamental um, principle that I have is this. Confined spaces with lots of people close in them, like, for example, the, the bunks in a ship or inside an institution where you've got a lot of people crammed together, those are the places where transmission is quite quite likely to happen and those the ones that you need to watch out for. Mm. The discovery of Omicron was due to marvellous work by scientists in, in Africa and, and the rest yep. of the world learned from that. What can we learn? What can governments around the world learn from the wonderful work of the scientists in, say, Botswana who discovered this? Well, firstly, everybody, good science is being done everywhere. And there are some places around the world which might appear to be relatively low-income places when looked at in terms of how people live, but still where there is absolutely brilliant, diligent, conscientious science being undertaken. And the groups who did the work in Botswana and South Africa and indeed Zimbabwe are some of the very best in the world. And I think everybody remember this is a global pandemic. It's not a pandemic just of Ireland or of United Kingdom or United States. It's global. And honestly, we're so closely linked together in our world, and we, that's how it should be, that we, we need to work as one. So I'm really hoping that quickly, quickly in 2022, this world and the leaders will just start to look at each other and say, yeah, it would be so much better if we work together. That means then that you don't get groups of countries suddenly deciding without warning to stop flights coming from the country that gave us all the information about Omicron and so on. You don't take sudden decisions. You work together with other leaders and you reach the decisions jointly. That's the fair way to do it. That's the just way to do it. And that's the way we would we should be working together if we are uh, members of the human race dealing with a threat and wanting to find a solution to it. Let's respect everybody and not treat people uh, as though they're somehow less valuable because they come from a country different from ours. That's not the right way to do a pandemic. Okay. It has been a pleasure and a privilege to have you a guest on our programme a number of times during the year and we thank you for that and we'll no doubt speak again in 2022. Dr. David Nabarro, Special Envoy of the WHO for COVID-19. Thank you for being with us on the Opinion Line. Courts 96 FM.